0: Long term, I, really it just takes a true toll on your health and that can be physical and mental health, right? So physically you can just be chronically ill. Uh, I've had clients who have had chronic migraines for years and they just thought that's the way it was or we live in Calgary and so that's the way it is. Uh, and then when you actually treat it, you can see a lot of these things go away. Uh, you. We've got people that catch everything going around, right? The common cold, they're all always getting the flu, they're just constantly sick or feeling unwell. Uh, It can also lead to more serious things like a heart attack, right? And that used to be something that we would think of people getting in their 50s and 60s or something, right? And yeah, I was reading about this travel blogger who I follow recently who's in her 30s who just had a heart attack and stress-related.
1: You're listening to My Evolved Life, a podcast that simplifies health and fitness and helps you maximize your life. My name is Vuna Nguyen, and I'm the creator of the Evolution Training System. We're so lucky to be living in the information age, meaning it's easier than ever to access information and find answers to any questions you may have. But isn't it confusing when you read information that's conflicting or worse yet, just sounds wrong? I'll be sitting down with industry professionals to give you clarity and leave you with tangible actions you can take immediately to improve your physical, mental, and psychological health. Today's guest is Victoria Smith. She is a stress reduction coach who has, and now I believe that you've had, you've suffered a lot of stress and anxiety in your lifetime, whether it was through kids, corporate work, what have you. And now you've kind of turned that into a passion of helping others, whether it's women or men uh, alike, to help them reduce their stress and anxiety. Because as we both know, unless you start to manage it, it can really start to take over your life. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks really for excited- having me.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. You are our first um Zoom podcast, uh given the circumstances <laughs> is very, very uh necessary. So when you and I yeah. first had this conversation, this dialogue about you coming onto the show, the context was wildly different. Um so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 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 for those who are who are listening now or maybe listening later, we are in let's call it the first ten days or so of the corona pandemic so we are all confined in our households and kids aren't going to school there's no daycare so i know parents you're 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 a parent um let's talk a little wow. bit about that what is your has your experience been like both in the past and now
0: Uh, So in the past, so the original reason I got into this work was because I uh, contracted shingles twice before the age of 30. And that was pre kids. Uh, Well, one of them, I was pregnant with one of the children. So maybe that played a factor. Mm -hmm. But it was very much just I wasn't handling my stress well, which I think a lot of um, a lot of millennials and a lot of everyone struggle with, to be honest. And that led that chronic stress day in day out, and doing way more work than I should have been doing, and not taking care of myself, led to shingles. But for other people, it's other kinds of chronic illnesses, or depression, or anxiety, or some combination thereof. And then at the moment, uh, it's it's been interesting. You know, my husband lost his job last week because he works in events. Uh, my kids have been home for the last eleven days. They're at day home today, but we'll see what happens with that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hopeful that it's going to stay, uh, stay like that for long. I think they'll be back home shortly. And that changes the dynamics, right? Like I, we're not stay at home parents. And so to have our kids home full time while I'm trying to work, while my husband's trying to look for work, it's a very different uh, cocktail of stress, right? It's definitely interesting times.
1: So I'm curious, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So let's, let's, backtrack before the whole corona uh, pandemic you said that you have a past of stress and anxiety Um, now in that time were you able to identify that you were suffering these these symptoms before it got out of hand or did you suffer like extreme burnout before you started the course of correction
0: uh i think i think i knew it was stress but i think i underplayed how how detrimental stress can be on you, right? Like I would have said, like I was working 60 hour weeks. I would have said, I'm busy all the time. I knew I was canceling plans with friends. I knew I wasn't in the best shape of my life. I knew I wasn't feeling all that great. And so I I would have identified and I was always saying like I'll quit when I get that bonus. I'll quit after I get that promotion. I'll quit when like so that Wording was going around all the time, so I, I knew there was something off. But I also came from a family with uh, my dad was a workaholic, right? Like that is the uh, model that I had growing up, and and no shade to him, this is how he what he was modeled. Right. Uh, but I was also never really taught from a young age what self care looks like. Like we're a family of emotional eaters, mm-hmm. and so my self care was very much comforting with food, or comforting with television, or buying things, or stuff like that. So I never really learned either those quality self-care practices. And I think a lot of people come from families like that. So it wasn't abnormal. And then also when you start in a corporate environment and frankly, anyone straight out of university, you want to prove yourself. You want to show that you're, you can rise that corporate ladder. And so you do things that people who are more seasoned have learned, Oh, that doesn't last in the long run. Right? So you, you know, you learn those lessons quite quickly, you know, I would say it took me five years to properly learn the lesson, but I learned it. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm very, very curious. And this is such an important topic to talk about because I think as a society, we've been bred to assume that we need to live with stress. This has become our daily norm, right? And to some extent, I may even personally agree with that. Like a certain amount of stress is good. It tells you that, you're being challenged or what have you, but how do you know when you're crossing crossing that threshold between normal stress and something that is beyond that and something that should be mitigated?
0: Uh, We're always going to have stressful moments, right? Like that's just part and parcel of life. People pass away, people get sick. Uh, You know, your kid nearly runs into the street and you like have a, you know, your cortisol goes crazy. It's stress is unavoidable. But I think when you're feeling some of that chronic, those some of those signals can be like pain, uh, discomfort in the neck in the shoulders, headaches, jaw tension, Uh, you're just always feeling low or down or never feeling motivated. Those are definitely some of the signals of this has been going on a little too long, even if it's just a few days in a row, right? That can take its toll. I've been hearing a lot on social media right now of people saying like, oh, my chest feels really tight. Does that mean I have uh, COVID? And then other people are saying, oh no, I realize that I've just been so tense that this has been so tight. Uh, and so, you know, coming to the realization of the impact that stress can have on your body and on your, uh, on your mindset is, is huge.
1: So, I need your help to make a very clean distinction. Yes. Stress and anxiety. Aren't the same thing. Not necessarily. They they
0: can look similar.
1: They can look similar. So I don't want to get into any textbook definitions, but how would you categorize stress versus anxiety?
0: anxiety i would say is kind of that constant hum in the background right like just and and people are feeling a lot of anxiety and stress right now which is where it gets really tricky like yeah anxiety is like it keeps you up in bed at night and you're kind of worried about that constant issue stress is much more um of those spikes in your cortisol right of that and that can be not necessarily something happening to you but a thought that you're having as well right like I'm going to lose my job spike of stress. Right. But the anxiety can be that, you know, the time afterwards of, okay, I've got to look for a job. What's that going to look like? And am I going to make pay my bills this month? So I, that's how I kind of define it is stress is more of these spikes. And we're having a lot of spikes right now with the news, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it changes hour by hour. So that is spiking our stress, but anxiety is more that just general hum of I'm not feeling regulated enough. Right.
1: So it sounds like anxiety is more of a prolonged state, Yes, Whereas yeah. stress is more, not necessarily momentary, but it comes and it goes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, anxious is being worried, right? Being nervous about something. And uh, nervousness does tend to be something that, that pro- is prolonged. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about anxiety specifically. Um, you yeah. kind of alluded to it already. Uh, there are a lot of people right now who are feeling tight in the chest. Yeah. Um, what other symptoms could be, let's, if you were to remove stress and you were just anxious, what does that sound like? Because I think there's a lot of confusion there where people will say, oh, I'm feeling anxious, not truly knowing what that actually means.
0: Uh, again, they can so look similar, which is where there's a problem. I would also talk to people about like, are you feeling really forgetful? Are you feeling like you've got a bit of a hamster mind going on? Brain fog is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're just dropping the ball on everything, losing the details, I think that can be a real signal of anxiety and stress, to be honest, like they can go pretty hand in hand. Uh, other things that can be going on with anxiety is sort of nervous habits, like nervous tics that you've got, right? Um, you know, for some people, it, like. Mania, its pulling out their hair. Uh, for other people, it's um, you know just having to over-exercise because it's just the one thing that they feel that they can control. But it's such a tricky one to define for people because a lot of the characteristics look the same.
1: And especially in this time too, I can't yeah. even imagine, right? Um, so stress and anxiety going back to what i said earlier we've kind of accepted it as a norm yeah and this is why people like you are so important you you help us come to the realization that there are long-term implications if you don't get ahead of it can you speak to some of those long-term implications
0: Uh, Long term, really, it just takes a true toll on your health. And that can be physical and mental health, right? So physically, you can just be chronically ill. Uh, I've had clients who have had chronic migraines for years, and they just thought that's the way it was, or we live in Calgary, and so that's the way it is. Uh, And then when you actually treat it, you can see a lot of these things go away. Uh, You We've got people that catch everything going around, right? The common cold, they're all always getting the flu. They're just constantly sick or feeling unwell. Uh, It can also lead to more serious things like a heart attack, right? And that used to be something that we would think of people getting in their 50s and 60s or something, right? And yeah, I was reading about this travel blogger who I follow recently who's in her 30s who just had a heart attack and stress-related, right? And, you know, you hear a lot of women in their 40s because of the sort of mental load that women tend, the emotional labor that women tend to carry. A lot of women are having heart attacks, but they actually, ironically, uh, don't recognize the symptoms of these heart attacks because they kind of just try and work through it, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. what we're living with right now. So it can be really serious. And then you, on the mental side, you can end up with, you know, chronic depression, uh, anxiety, uh, mood disorders of all sorts of types. It can really hamper your view of the world and how you live in it right
1: yeah now speaking on those heart attacks what's really interesting there and it's such a stark stark reminder that your mental body and your physical body they're not disconnected they're very no. much interconnected right yeah um now, i'm not sure if you're comfortable speaking on that but can you speak to that connection a little bit how that works
0: Uh, for how I have personally experienced it? Um,
1: both, both, um, personally and, and maybe from a more scientific standpoint, how your mental is connected to your physical.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, so from the scientific standpoint, and I mean, like I'm not a scientist or a psychologist or anything like that, but when you're feeling stress, you're like releasing cortisol into your body, right? Does the stress hormone. And so if you're releasing a hormone into your body, it's not going one place, it's going all the places, right? And so your body is reacting to it in these different ways. So if I'm feeling we talk a lot about the like in prehistoric times right our stress response was so that we could manage like running away from a tiger right and so it would send the stress hormones uh, adrenaline coursing through your body your eyes would dilate your your digestion would slow so that you could actually focus on running and all your energy would be put towards that but if we don't have a physical lion to fight right then that is just coursing through our body and it's kind of like where am I supposed to go? I haven't seen a resolution to this because often we don't have a quick resolution to it, right? You've got a challenging boss at work and that's not a lion that just like right. is there and gone, right? That's something constant uh, unless you manage and deal with that, right? So that's kind of scientifically why then um, those hormones and that adrenaline coursing through your body consistently is going to deteriorate uh, everything else that's going on in your body, right? Your body can't repair and rest the way it needs to to function optimally. And so for me, what that looked like was getting shingles, right? I was just so run down and shingles is supposed to be, again, something that you get in your fifties and Mm sixties, but people are getting it younger and younger because we are just, our immune systems are lower. We are not letting our body do the work that it needs to to work optimally and to be fully repaired. And so when a virus comes around, your body is just like latching onto it. Right. And that's like exactly what's also going on right now is that people who have a low immune system whether through stress or through other chronic illnesses are going to be more susceptible to getting sick right now.
1: What's really scary though, is that stress and anxiety will manifest itself in different ways physically. Mm. So there, there's no real, I'm sure there are a couple of key indicators that you are overstressed and over anxious. Yeah. Um, apart from the shingles that you've mentioned and the heart attacks, are there any other ways that, they, that it may manifest itself physically?
0: uh chronic headaches right migraines people get a lot of tension because you're just holding this tension up here right mm-hmm. or holding it in your neck uh jaw pain a lot of people feel i get it in my back right i get if if i'm feeling real te- stress i know that something's happening because i'm just feeling real discomfort in my back uh and that can also be from like the stress that you artificially put on your body by like not sitting properly and not standing at your desk, but it's still stress that you're putting on your body. Right. And so often it comes down to that discomfort that can then turn into pain if you don't manage it appropriately. Right. Like if I don't care for my back, then because it's weaker, because I've been feeling the stress, I'm going to injure it more easily right? So those kind of, it's just kind of like a domino effect of that. Um, other, you know, a lot of people get gastrointestinal issues with that. Um, IBS is pretty common when you're feeling a lot of stress. Uh, you know, I've had clients who are like, I can't, if I'm worried about something in the day, I'm going to go to the bathroom 10 times before I leave the house just because I just feel really unwell.
1: It's such a scary, scary thing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Assuming that you're aware of these things, right? You can, you can't get ahead of that. So, so speaking on that, let's talk about stress management. Uh, I, I do want to talk about what you do specifically in a second here, but let's talk about how an individual takes care or manages that stress and anxiety.
0: Uh, well, so if first of all, if, if my clients are feeling some physical symptoms first, we try and do something exterior to help manage that, right, so that they can get out of that. So whether that's getting some massage for their body, whether that's getting them properly set up at their desk, whether that's, you know, some baths getting to bed on time, there's definitely some foundations, right, like getting enough sleep is absolutely critical because – I've had two small children in my life. If you are not getting enough sleep, you are not doing anything well in your life, right? Uh, Eating enough, eating to feel vibrant, right? Like if I'm right now, if I was to be having a ton of alcohol and caffeine and sugar, I'm just adding onto that stress, right? I'm not actually bringing it down. It might feel like it in the moment, but I'm not actually doing any good for it. Uh, And then some other thing, drinking enough water, moving your body. Those are some key sort of, if those four things, foundational things aren't happening, then those are some of the first things that we can do to like for clients to see tangible results. And then it really, the next step is really, if you don't figure out what the core of the issue is and you don't solve that, then that stress is just going to keep happening. Right. So often what I find with my clients, whether it's uh, an issue at work or an issue in a relationship or, or whatever that is, It often comes down to boundaries some line is being crossed that they're not comfortable with and so we need to figure out what that line is what you're okay with what you're not okay with and how do you then reinforce that boundary and make it happen when that comes into play it's definitely it moves the needle for a lot of people but coming down to like figuring out what that core issue is and some tangible things that you can do to solve that or to work through it makes the biggest difference. That's the lasting work, but it takes the longest to sort of resolve.
1: Now, a lot of those prescri- prescriptions um, sounds like it may be a reactive measure. So you are, yeah. in, you are in the middle of stress. You've acknowledged that. So you take on these measures to, to manage. What yeah. can we do to get ahead of? Just to you know, Does yeah. that make sense?
0: Yeah. So part of it is you have to know what some of your stress triggers are. Right, like I know that uh, being home with my kids for a very long period of time is going to trigger like um, impatience that I have right, uh, and you know just parents get this a lot of feeling touched out by their kids, especially young kids because they're crawling all over you all the time, a trigger for me so. So what I've been doing to sort of proactively manage that the past few days is I get out for a walk on my own or I get some time, you know, my husband and I trade off. So we each get time on our own. So those are things that we can proactively manage in our day or take exercise, for example. Um, I'm not someone that typically exercises every single day, Mm -hmm. but I am doing so right now because I know that it makes me feel so much better in a time when everything is very uncertain. Right. So there are things that you can proactively do if you're managing that. Another example would be like I uh, February was a really busy month for me with travel and speaking at teachers conventions. And while I love it, I absolutely love it. I do find the combination of travel and public speaking to be exhausting. Right. And so I've had I proactively had to look at my calendar and like, how can I manage my schedule so that I'm not doing too many things so that I'm not trying to travel, speak and do all the things on my list in the little bits of time in my hotel room, right? Like how can I then make sure I'm eating foods that make me feel refreshed? How can I make sure I'm getting a good night of sleep in my hotel room, right? So you having kind of like looking at your calendar proactively knowing the times and the periods that are going to be more stressful when you can, right? Like this is where we're being proactive uh, and managing it appropriately, asking for help in advance, right? We have a real issue as a society asking for help. We Mm -hmm. see it as a sign of weakness and in reality, if someone were to ask you for help you would give it in an instant right because right. you you know you like that person you care for them you want to be of assistance and yet the idea of us asking for help is just so terrifying and like we will be deemed as weak and it's just we need to get over that mindset in order to like be successful for ourselves and as a community
1: so you said something there that really piqued my curiosity uh you were ta- talking about stress triggers yeah now I'm going to state it bluntly. Um, I believe that not everybody is going to be intuitive enough to know what their triggers are. Mm -hmm. So uh, in your practice, let's just talk about in general, I understand that this is going to be very, very circumstantial differs from person to person, but if you were to give me a top three, top five, whatever you want, uh, stress triggers, what would those be?
0: Uh, so if we're taking like, like uh, peak moments out of it, then I would say yeah. finances is a huge trigger, right? Like if you are not sure how you're going to pay the bills that month, then you're constantly going to be triggered by uh, a bill coming in or or a payment that you're going to be making. Like that is just a constant trigger for people. Um Another one would be work, right? If you've got that certain person at work that you just don't gel with or they say something or they make you feel insecure or whatever that is, those people can be triggers, events can be triggers, uh, sort of scenarios can be triggers. Like if you're having to have a difficult conversation with someone and you hate confrontation, mm-hmm. that's going to be a trigger for your stress, right? So those types of things, uh, certain relationships that you have, right? Um you know, I have an interesting father-in-law, you yeah. <laughs> know, so, you know, yeah. so, you know yeah. we all have certain family members. We don't choose our family of origin, right? Or we don't choose the family of the person that we choose to spend our lives with, right? So there are going to be certain people that trigger you in, in your family relationship, in work relationships, finances. Uh, those are, I would say, the biggest, most common day-to-day ones.
1: So a lot of these things, a lot of these triggers, assuming that you know what your triggers are, that means that they present themselves more frequently in your life. So yeah. these are things that are almost predictable, so to speak. But as, you know, as we go through this pandemic, it's also a reminder that a lot of un, you know, there are unpredictable things that present yeah. themselves. So speaking on those triggers that you just mentioned, financials, work uncertainty, A lot of people are going through that right now, and understandably so. How would you suggest that we manage ourselves in these very difficult times?
0: Well, so it's interesting because then some of the peak triggers that people have are like death, divorce, and job loss. So job loss is happening, people are dying, or Mm -hmm. people are being very sick close to us. And that's very concerning. There's also this fear of the unknown, right? Like, you know, I went for a walk yesterday and just like the wide berth that we're giving each other is just a very bizarre experience right now. And it's going to have a long term impact. Uh, So I think one of the best ways that you can manage that as it happens right now is to first of all, what are your expectations of yourself right now? right? It is okay to have 10 days to two, you know, two weeks or whatever it is to grieve what you have just kind of gone through and what you've lost, right? Mm -hmm. Like my husband did lose his job. My income has changed drastically in the past couple of weeks. Uh, You know, kids have been, like those things have all changed. And so, you know, I was saying to people this week, whatever you're feeling right now is okay. So give people, first and foremost, give yourself permission to feel the way that you're feeling, you don't have to, if you're feeling not as productive as the next person, that's okay. If you're feeling uh, like you're not getting in all those workouts or you're not homeschooling your kids perfectly, that's okay. If you feel like you can't get out of bed right now, that's okay. What you're feeling is normal in these unnormal, uh, abnormal circumstances, abnormal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So then what I would say is, like I'm, at, like I'm doing a workshop on this on Thursday night, is like, what if this is your new normal for the next, say to the end of the year, right? Because your finances are going to be impacted. Maybe it's a few weeks of isolation. Maybe it's going to be months of isolation. We don't know, but you're going to probably be feeling the impacts of this for all of 2020, right? So if this, if this is the new normal, what then can you take control of? What needs to change? Because I bet you don't want to feel the way that you're feeling right now every single day for the rest of the year. So one of the things I would say is look for what are the opportunities you can find from this. So I, you, you've probably read it, but there's this great book called *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl, and yeah, so he was in. For those that haven't read it, you know, he was in a concentration camp during World War II, mm-hmm. and so and he was a. I don't know if he was a psychotherapist or a psychologist, one of those, and he noticed it like you know he was almost doing this research while he was in the camp, and he was noticing that some people. Th- were able to thrive and find meaning in the circumstance while others who were maybe more able-bodied, who seemed more resilient, weren't able to survive it. And so what was the commonality is that some people were able to find meaning and find purpose from that challenge and build resilience from that. So I would ask you when you're going through these times, what can you take away from this? What opportunity can you create for yourself? So, maybe this is not, uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to write the next man's search for meaning or any no, of that. No. But maybe, like I was saying to myself over the past couple of weeks, I'm going to see this as an opportunity to improve my parenting skills, right? I'm going to see this as an opportunity to build my patience, to build my resilience. I'm seeing this as an opportunity to grow. That's not going to say I'm not going to have moments where I'm going to feel down and I'm going to cry and I'm going to. F- feel that tension it's still going to happen but if you have an overarching goal or a mission that you're working towards it is going to help you sort of weather that storm right
1: it is tough um, yeah I, I think there will be people uh, like you who will see who will seek the opportunities and the possibilities in the midst of, of all of this right um, but understandably so a lot of people are debilitated by these these circumstances what would your words of encouragement be to them
0: take it day by day. And if that feels too much, take it morning, afternoon, evening, like take it in these chunks of time uh, and see the small wins where they are, right? If you go for a walk and you feel a little brighter after that, see that as a win and see that as I should do this again tomorrow because I'll feel, I'll hopefully feel as good again tomorrow, right? And just build on it piece by piece, right? Uh, we're, I'm not expecting anyone to go out there and suddenly be like, eating clean and working out every day or whatever any of those things are right out the gate. Mm -hmm. Build these small things into your routine. And on that, like try and create a routine. Even a rough, loose routine in times when we feel uh, instability, having some sort of normalcy Is helpful. And I'm not saying every hour of your day has to be categorized, but like try and wake up at the same time every day. Try and go to bed at the same time every day so that you're at least keeping your circadian rhythm uh, in check. Try and uh, fit in some sort of movement. Don't have to be sweating your butt off every day, but like get some fresh air. Like what are those things that are the milestone markers throughout your day that you can work towards, right? You know, I get through these two hours of work and then I can uh, have a nice lunch and watch cat videos on YouTube, like whatever that is, right? Yeah. Find uh, the little tiny wins throughout the day and the things that you can be grateful for, even when it feels as rough as it can right now, what are those five things that you can be grateful for, right? It was 11 degrees yesterday, right? And even today, I'm still able to, you know, it smells fresh in the air. I'm going to be able to walk outside. It's going to be nice. I had a cup of coffee by myself this morning with nobody around. It was great. You know, what are those tiny little things? And they really do matter. So write them down because then you actually have evidence that they happened.
1: Absolutely. Now, I want to ask you a question for my extroverts out there. Yes. Now, I've been joking a lot. I probably should be joking in this time, but as, a, as an introvert, I've been socially isolated my whole life. I love it. That's my place of comfort. But for extroverts, their place of comfort is around other people, which is obviously not, not possible today. Yeah. Um, what can they do? I, to preface that question, I'm assuming that it induces just an, a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety not being around people yeah so how can they cope with that physical disconnection
0: so i mean i think everyone's doing what they can with zoom and google hangouts and facetime right so make sure yeah. that you've got that regularly scheduled into your day uh one of the other things i've been um chatting with people about is that physical connection right especially if you are in your home alone right now like i my, my heart really does go out to those people who don't have someone in their household with them um if you have a weighted blanket that can feel at least like you're getting that sort of hug if you don't have a weighted yeah. blanket, what can you can you wrap something around you really, really tight so that you feel like you're being held or you've got that pressure on you? That can be really powerful. Um can you, you know, have have more of those on it like real deep conversations with the people in your life, right? A lot of us can have very surface conversations, especially on Zoom or on FaceTime or whatnot, but can you actually dive a little deeper so you feel that connection, even though it's through a screen or through the phone lines? Um, And I hear from a lot of people, sometimes it's just they constantly have the radio playing or uh, podcasts or whatnot, so they feel like someone is in their home with them. It is not going to be the same as a personal connection, as a face-to-face connection, but all these things will add up. I'm fairly introverted, but what I also need is peace and quiet, and I don't get peace and quiet with kids in my house right now, right? And so like literally yesterday, I sat in my kid's shed on my own while they were having a nap, and I was outside because I was like, I just need to not be around people right now, but I also, you know, I've certain relationships in my life, people, you know, I love spending time with my mom. So not to be able to hug her when I'm feeling like this way is really hard. So introvert or extrovert, I think a lot of people are, are challenged right now, but feel, try and get that physical connection and touch when you can, whether it's through the blanket, whether it's through the weighted blanket, um, you know, self massage, you know, lotion and all that kind of stuff, feeling some sort of connection can be very helpful.
1: Yeah. And so let's talk about specifically how you can help. Uh, you are the the stress reduction coach. Um, I don't want to just keep on harping on this, but now more so than ever, people pro- need this kind of service or this kind of help, right? So if they were to enlist your services, how would that work?
0: Well, I'm really conscious right now that everyone's tight on a budget. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not, um, wanting to say, you know, sign up for my 12 week course. Cause I know that, you know, is a significant, um, investment. We are trying to work through, um, some options of group coaching where people can, uh, can, can do webinars once a week where you can do zoom calls and ask your specific questions. I'll be able to send you more details that you can put in the show. Sure. notes. Honestly, just send me an email. Let's see what could work for you. Um, but I would, yeah, I'd love to help people manage their stress through this, but I also recognize it's a, it's a challenging time when you're feeling that financial strain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're doing a great thing. Um, I, I do want you to touch on some of that again because the connection is terrible. Oh, no. Um, so this is, this is a good reminder for me to maybe not do it via video next time. Okay. Um, but uh, you cut out right when you said um, we uh, group Zoom calls.
0: Yeah. So we haven't got all the specific details, so I can send that to you for the show notes, but I'm looking at doing like a six week uh, group coaching so that uh, it's much, much more affordable. And then we can essentially, the benefit of group coaching versus the self-led programs that we have online is that you can come onto the call and tell me exactly what you're going through and we can coach you specifically through it. Right, as opposed to one-on-one coaching, which tends to be a little bit more expensive, and opposed to self-led, where you're like, Yes, I relate to a lot of all that's going on, but COVID is very specific. So I need specific answers to specific questions, right? So honestly, just connect with me, send me an email, Victoria at stresslessladies.com, and we'll see what you need and how we can support you.
1: No, that's fantastic. Now I'm gonna ask you a question, and it may be a difficult one. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna ask you to virtually coach somebody to be a coach okay so i'm I'm not sure if you've ever been asked this question but especially in these times where finances are tight um you may not have the resources to go out and seek a coach such as yourself so let's assume that you live in a household right now or at any time really you're you're in close contact with somebody else how do you identify that they are being stressed and anxious. Because we've already talked about the self. You can identify when you're being stressed, whether it's physical symptoms or mental symptoms. But how do you identify in somebody else, A? And then B, how do you help them through it?
0: That's a great question. So some of it is you can see some of those physical symptoms happening, right? Like what can you see with your eyes? Uh, Some of it is the way that people engage with you that they normally wouldn't, right? Like are they more snappy than normal? Are they more uh, despondent than normal? Like how how are they showing up that is different to their norm or when they're in a regulated state, right? And if that's the case, uh, first of all, if you've got children in the household, I would you know wait until they're in bed or like things are quiet so you can have a meaningful conversation, but ask the question, um, you know, I've noticed this has been going on. Understandably, these are stressful times. Is there anything specifically on your mind that I can help with? And then sometimes, honestly, it's not about helping, it's about listening. And we can very much want to get into problem solving mode, right? You're worried about losing your job. Apply for these ones. I'll send you five jobs that you can apply for today. And sometimes you're like, I just want to be listened to. I don't want to be told what I should or shouldn't do. I just want to let it out. Right. And maybe you can encourage them if you're not comfortable talking to me. Maybe if you do still have a job with benefits, maybe you can call a counselor, uh, you know, do virtual counseling. Maybe you can get out, you know, a piece of paper and a pen and sort of write down what it is you're feeling and just like let that out. So these are things that people can do for uh, themselves or with the help of a counselor, but it can be really helpful at a time like this. But people ultimately, I know so many of us are like, I want to help that person in my life. But all you can do is ask the question if they don't want to be helped right now. And if they aren't ready to be helped, you cannot force it on them. As much as you know it would help them, as much as you know it would be beneficial, you potentially could do more damage if you say, "Can you know what can I do to help you? And they're like, I, and if you try and force it on them, right? If they say, I don't need anything right now, address it tomorrow, right? Like come back to it when you think they're in a better mind frame for it, right? Or just encourage them or say, hey, would you like to go out for a walk? I'll hold down the fort here, right? You can You can offer, but don't try and try and force a change to happen if they're not ready to make that change because they might everyone's grieving what their their life was right now at different stages and at different times some people were immediately productive and now they're feeling the shock of it right or some people or some people are just like my day-to-day has not really changed all that much so it's not a big deal and that's fine also so it's it's a case of um letting people come to it when they're ready but offering them support and resources just being there to listen is huge
1: as you say that i'm just like oh god because <laughs> i know that myself i'm a solutions guy yeah right so there have been times in my life i've tried to keep myself in check lately but i've always been one to uh, to offer unsolicited advice or, yeah. or solutions right and and i understand now how challenging that can be and uh, i think you kind of clarified that at the very end as well saying that you know you almost have to establish boundaries yeah. right right understanding if you know are they looking for a solution or are they just simply looking to be listen, listen to and vice versa if you're sharing with somebody and they're offering uh, advice that you're not necessarily looking for you have to say no you know what i'm just i'm just looking for somebody to listen to to yeah. listen to me not necessarily give me any solutions
0: Yeah. And it can be just that simple question where like, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to offer some advice? Like just that simple question early on can be very helpful in the conversation. So that person goes, okay, no, I can just say what I want to say and they're not going to interrupt me or whatever that is. Or maybe they genuinely are like saying, Hey, Facebook friends, can you tell me where I can find X, Y, and Z or where I can get some support for my small business in this way? Like being really clear on that can be helpful
1: so let's talk about a grander scale i know there are a lot of people right now whether they're living alone they don't have friends and family in the city there's a lot of different circumstances how can we whether you're a business owner or an independent doesn't matter who you are i think that everybody has a capacity to help different magnitudes Mm -hmm. perhaps but everybody has a capacity an inherent capacity to help. What are the things that we can doing as a good community member right now to support, um, our, our uh, brethren,
0: uh, I, I mean, I see it happening already. So it's, I don't know that I can add a lot new of new things here, but if you've got people in your life that are, are unable to leave their homes right now, can you go and do groceries for them? Uh, if you've got, you, you know, pick up the things that they need to make their day-to-day life easier. Uh, can you reach out to people that you know who are living on their own and have those FaceTime calls? They may not be someone that you would regularly call on a weekly basis, right? But maybe now is the time to reach out to them more than ever, because you might, I'm home with a family of two kids and a husband, but I've got friends who are living on their own right now. And I need to make more of an effort to reach out to them to know this for them, because they're probably not reaching out knowing that I'm busy, right? So be proactive in that way. Just listening and just being Uh, a helper in that way can be huge. If you do have the financial capacity, there's some phenomenal nonprofits in town that could use your support. Uh, If you know a small business, you know, share the work that they are doing because they're going through hard times right now. Uh, You know, we hear a lot of shop local, which is fabulous, but I feel like a lot of the support for small businesses right now is um, product-based, right? And Mm -hmm. not in the uh, service-based. The service based small businesses are really suffering as well right now. So like, how can you support people in your life just by sharing right Uh, we're such a with social media we are very outwardly focused right now so how can we be outwardly focused for good right like how can we use even if you have a platform of a hundred people those hundred people clearly care about what you're saying so how can you use that platform for good
1: I like that a lot and I think that's where I'm so conflicted because social media it can be a platform to spread good. Mm-hmm. However, not just in recent times, but I, I find that in general, it's a platform to spread poison nowadays, right? Yeah. It's always negativity. It's always uh, rants and complaining. Um, but I understand, I, I see the merit there. There is an opportunity to do good and share the good work that people are doing.
0: Well, but on that, like, so you also have to be very conscious as conscious of how social media makes you feel right? So I have had to take social media detoxes recently. Twitter I have found is not my happy place no matter how much I try and curate my feed right now. It is just causing me far too much stress. Facebook, hit or miss. Instagram, I still find to be fairly lighthearted and motivational yeah. and sharing of good things. So I'm spending a lot more time on Instagram and a lot less time on those platforms because that's what works for me. What works for you? You might prefer being on Facebook because that's where you see lots of family photos or or the connection to people that you truly do care about. Like so it very much depends on what you need from it. But if you are noticing that you feel less good when you've spent a significant amount of time on social media, what would happen if you turned your phone off for a few hours, right? If you went for a walk Without a device of any kind, not even music or an audiobook, right? And you just listened and you absorbed what was going on around you. Like, just because because we're home, we are maybe more likely to be checking about what's going on. Plus, there's constant news updates. But really, check yourself for how it makes you feel.
1: Yeah, it's really it really comes down to what and how you use your time. We have a lot of it now. Uh, whether you're a business owner or otherwise we have a lot of time and i personally believe that we could be using this time for self-reflection this is time for reading and learning and growing there are a lot of cheap cheap courses out there for 20 bucks just learn and do something right there is an opportunity for self-improvement um but unfortunately we're probably spending 10 hours a day on social media now
0: yeah. And I, and I would just caveat that with, it depends on your circumstance, right? Like I know sure. a lot of people who like both parents are working from home with the kids right now and come at eight o'clock at night. Like they've, they're just exhausted. And then they're like, I am not writing the next great book or I'm not yeah. reading, doing a course right now. And so for them, a win right now is like, what can you do for that half an hour after the kids go to bed to get some self-care in? And that is just as valuable as, as doing an online course in self-reflection yeah, and growth. And like, so whatever your situation is, whatever you can do to make yourself feel, uh, you know, more connected and more growth do that.
1: I think that's a great caveat. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so one final question for you. Um, so why in your professional opinion, all the stress and anxiety around toilet paper,
0: Oh, I truly don't understand because this is not a gastrointestinal issue. Let's be honest. I bought like ages ago, a 24 pack and we're still not even halfway through it. So I've bought no new toilet paper through this, but it is that seeing the pictures and the anxiety of it that is leading people to feel, uh, that there's Mm -hmm. a lack, right? And so that fear then makes them need to go out and do more for themselves. It's, Let's start sharing stories of going to the grocery store and it's fully stocked, right? I went grocery shopping the other night at 8.45 p.m., got everything on my list. I was fine.
1: It's the whole supply, demand, scarcity, just economics 101, right? Yeah. Okay, well, um, we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, One final thing for you. Um, Like you said, you have plans or a vision of going online via zoom is there anything else any other ways that they can connect with you i know you kind of mentioned your social media but what is your handle
0: yeah so find me on instagram at stressless ladies you can go to my website stresslessladies.com or and just send me an email victoria at stresslessladies.com and we'll see what it is that you need and how we can support you there's self-led there's one-to-one there's gonna be group coaching Uh, and if you also just want some free resources you can go to the podcast right so just take care right now
1: And once again, that podcast was called
0: Girl Tries Life.
1: And they can find that on
0: Uh, pretty much any player.
1: Fantastic. No, Victoria, thank you very much for your time. Um typically at the end of all of my podcasts, I would ask the question, what it means to live an evolved life. I don't (laughs) know if that's appropriate for the time, but do you care to take a stab?
0: Uh what does it mean to live an evolved life? Uh just constant growth and reflection. And you're gonna have these hurdles and how do you get back up from them again, right? Bounce back faster.
1: That was amazing. I think there was a lot of good, good nuggets of information in there. Thank Perfect. you so much for your time. Take care. I wish your family the best. Stay safe, yeah. stay inside, stay socially disconnected. Or you physically, physically disconnected. Physically
0: disconnected. No worries. Take care.
1: Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of My Evolved Life. Guys, if you found any value at all, and I'm sure you did, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, or you want to be a guest or recommend a guest, send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at EvolutionVN. Oh, if you think your friends would enjoy this podcast, please make sure to share it with them. Until next time, live your evolved life.